Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Welcome into the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, and Pinoys. Justin Bradford, Matthew Best. Why'd you full you? name me? <laughs> Am I in trouble with you already? Well, you've already told me to, you know, F off and to eat A. So, yeah, because I mean, you were showing me your nacho hat that you got from a live sporting game, to which I said I would, I, yeah, probably right about now, if someone told me I could go watch the Jays at the Rogers Center for Canada Day, because that's always a great time, I hate what you're doing, I, uh, I would give up a testicle. This, no, this, <laughs> I would. this hat was full of nachos. And now it's empty. And now it's a hat. Will you ever wear it? I mean, I've already worn it a couple of times for pictures. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what do you mean? What's, what, was what's this, wrong with you? Was this right after you ate the nachos? No, I cleaned out the hat first. Uh, I, I have know cheesy hair. Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to be a dirtbag and just have cheese hair. I wasn't intoxicated. I had to, We had to drive home that night. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. You're a responsible human being. Thank you. Anyways, the National Predators made some news. Victor Arvidsson traded to the LA Kings for a 2021 second and a 2022 third. This was interesting because I actually was a guest on Locked On for Locked On Kings. What's up? Oh, come on. <laughs> and it was, interesting. it was interesting because this is one of those traits, too, where you're going to get mixed reactions because it's a fan favorite player. But a lot of people also understand that he has not been the same for two seasons and that he has been kind of the downward spiral and he's been injury prone, things of that sort. So it's an interesting take in the fan base. And a lot of people commented like, I love him. He's one of my favorite players, but I also understand the reason why. Like, that is an absolutely, completely, 100% fair take. That Yeah, you can be upset that your favorite player was traded, but you also understand why. And, yeah. and the reason behind it. This, this was a trade. My first initial reaction, Matt, was, that's a good trade. That's a pretty decent return. You get a, you, one of them's in 2022, a very deep draft. You stock up. You have two seconds this year, and especially L.A. with where they were, it's 40th overall. That's not bad. For, for a second-round pick, even if it's in a weaker draft, you're still stocking up. Or you now have assets to utilize to trade for something else or to throw at Seattle if you want to get them to take a certain player. And you have cap space now to deal with because you still have plenty of free agents to re-sign as the natural predators, one of them being Yusuf Saros, who's due a big raise, and Mikhail Grandlin potentially. And then you even look to the next year. After that, and you have Philip Forsberg and Matthias Ekholm coming up if one of them doesn't move. That's my first overall initial take before we dive in. So what was your initial take, especially, again, as we always say, someone in Toronto, surrounded by hockey up there, too. What was your reaction, and then what did you see from just the people that you're around in your circle? My reaction was just, that's good. Just flat out, that's good for both sides. Uh, LA's a young and upcoming team, which feels really weird to say because it feels like the rebuild didn't actually even start or end. It just they kind of just transitioned. Right. And adding Arvidsson to that forward group is pretty good, especially when you have a Kopitar, a Byfield, and I follow. You have all these guys, and you can shift Dustin Brown back to that third line role, which is where ideally you want him to be. But you can put Arvy and plug and play him here. A friend of the show, Chris Arnold, asked me, he's like, "Where do you think Arvidsson plays? Like what line?" I just I don't have an answer for that because i don't i don't think the la kings are done i, I think right. you won't be able to tell their top six until probably close to the end of training camp like some teams have it just you know it's going to be matthews marner and whoever 
and you know for like certain teams it's going to be X, X, and X. You know their first lines. That's not going to change. With LA, with all the different pieces that are coming through, you don't really know what their top six is going to be. I mean, yeah, you can slot in Kopitar. Ayafalo could play second line. Uh, Velarde could go up and play second line, or he could shift back down to third. Like, there's so many working parts for that team. So I like it for them. For Nashville, when I saw this, I was like, this is smart. Instead of just asset control, you just have draft picks, which is perfect. You're not getting another asset. You're not getting a, uh, a mid-tier prospect. You're not getting any of that. You're getting pieces that you could flip to other teams. I always think that getting draft picks compared to, like, an okay prospect is better right before the expansion draft and right before the free agency and right before the actual draft because it's easy to sell a, another team on draft picks. It's hard to sell a team on a prospect that they don't necessarily believe in. So if they got these pieces, and we've seen this in the past before, where a team goes out, does one trade, and then uses those assets and pushes them into a different trade, I could see that happening with uh, the Predators here and perhaps attaching it to a Johansson, to a Duchesne, because now you have those extra pieces and you can go to the team and be like, hey, instead of taking like Afanasev or any of those guys, why don't you take this second and third round pick? And then the team can be like, hmm, I can do what I want with this, I guess. This is nice. I just, I think it's a good hockey trade uh, without like, I know we'll dive into the logistics of what it means for the Predators in the wiggle room. But I think if you take all of that hoopla out and you just look at what it is, Arvidsson for a second and third, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I know some people are like, well, I'm not out of first. If I saw someone say, well, if Foligno got a first, why an Arvidsson? It's like the way the trade market works is that a player is worth what a team is willing to give up and what a team is willing to take. And at the certain part of the, part of the season, too. At, at a certain time. That's the market. That's yeah. the value that determines that. And it's always fluctuating. It's always changing. I have no doubt in my mind that multiple teams talk to David Boyle about Victor Arvidsson, especially if Poyle made it known that he was on the block. Yep. No doubt. This was probably the best deal in the best situation. There might have been teams within the division. You probably wouldn't want to send Arvidsson within the division just because you know what kind of player he is. And he could be, when he's healthy, he's problematic because he is the type of player that can cause problems in front of the net. Yeah. Going to LA makes sense. It'd be a good change of scenery for him. Overall, I think it's good for him because if he's healthy, he can help that team in many different ways because he's willing to sacrifice his body and go to the nets. And if you put him with a Kopitar, that's the type of center that actually helps him be better, Victor Arvidsson. Yeah. So there's so many different things on this, but the value is what is given up at that time and what people see as the best deal. Just because you think a player is worth this doesn't mean they're always going to be worth it. And you can't say, well, if this person got this, then this. That's not how sports trade works. You can't works. sell like Victor Arvidsson two years ago. It's the same no. thing with selling a car. You can't sell that car two years ago for the same price. You can't sell that car right now at the price you paid for it two years ago. It's totally different. Next week, that'll change. There's wear and tear on it. As soon as you take that car off the market (laughs) or off the lot and you drive it around a bit, it's got some bumps, it's got some bruises. That's what Arvidsson has. And I mean, yeah, yeah, can that car still rip it up and down the road? Yeah, but it might fall apart eventually, and that's what I think Arvidsson is, right? Like, he's a guy, when he's healthy, I think he can be a 25-goal scorer. Yes. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. So if not, he goes still off, not, yeah. and, only 28. and if he only misses 10 games next year, 25 is a real thing. Easy. I think he could, oh, I could, yeah. he could hit that. But at the same time, if you're the Predators, you're happy with that. Because that's the Victor Arvidsson that you're willing to give up because you know where his ceiling is. I think his actual value is somewhere between his 30-plus goal season and 25 to 30. That's where he sits for me. 
Yeah, and, and for me, I still think – I think you're not going to see a 30-goal season again. What I told Lockdown Kings was I think expect a 20-goal season. I mean, that would be a good season for him now is a 20- to 25-goal season, and that's totally fine. That also – his previous performance is why they got a second and third next year. Oh, yeah. Because if if not, he wouldn't be – he'd be worth a third and a fourth. That, that second – yeah, that second is – the king saying, well, we see what he could potentially do when he's healthy. And I think, too, based on what I saw for some king and league reaction in terms of fans, people still value Arvidsson higher than I think Predators fans do because Predators fans are there every single game watching. They see the the rush shots that are on the rush that just go straight to the chest oftentimes that have trailed down in terms of what his production has been on, on the rush shots on the rush. And they see his injury proneness more than I think fans in the rest of the league do as well. If you're closer to the team, you see the ins and outs, the ebbs and flows of a player and the injuries, the types of shots they take, which is good. That's a good thing that the Predators undervalue, the Predators fans undervalue him and other fans still overvalue him. Uh, but that's that's what we're seeing in this, too. I think this is a decent return. It's a fair trade. I think it works well now as we shift gears to what it does for the Predators because it provides them with what they need. And I don't, they still shouldn't be done. I mean, there's still more yeah, work to do. A lot but more. this is a good first step because David Poyle, when his, you hear it on ESPN 1025, the game uh, in the afternoon on Thursday, and he was asked about this. And he said, This is what he said that he had been talking to the Seattle Kraken. And was told that if Arvidsson was exposed in the expansion draft, they would take him. Which is smart. That's the move. That's the move. And so what did Poyle do? He went and got something in return instead yeah. of losing Arvidsson for nothing. Therefore, these picks and the salary cap will gives Poyle more opportunity to wiggle a little bit with the Kraken, whether it's to offer more picks to say, hey, would you mind taking this guy? It's a long shot. I think this is a real long Seattle knows they have the power. Every, every team knows that the team that is doing the expansion draft has the power, but it gives more assets available for Poyle to trade. Maybe it's not even to Seattle. Maybe it's to somebody else who wants to dump a contract off. Hey, you want to take this Duchesne contract? We'll throw in a second and a third, and they're L.A., so they're going to be even higher. Yeah. You never know. These are all long shots, but it gives more opportunity to wheel and deal because then you're not even losing your own picks. If you keep your own picks, that's great. If you have more, that's great too because you never know what's going to turn out with an asset. And back to Arvidsson, they got some really good years out of a guy that was skipped over in the draft and drafted in the fourth round. And it's, they got really good production out of a guy that was in that 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 passageway that was skipped over and a fourth round pick as well. That's pretty that's pretty good bang for your buck out of a fourth round pick. It's tough for Arvidsson too, because I mean his second full season with the team, he goes out and scores thirty one goals. It's pretty unheard of unless you're a pretty high prospect. How many second rounders, high second rounders, have we seen throughout the league? And it's like, oh, he's going to be pretty good. Second year, ah, give him another year. Arvidsson's yep. like, hello, I'm here. I'm ready. And just went out. And I, I think the one thing in order for Arvidsson to be more successful with the Kings is he just has to go back to being a high-volume shooter. His shooting percentage in his 31-goal year, his 29-34-goal year, 12-11-17. Last year, 6. Year before that, 11 so he just needs to shoot the puck a hell of a lot more because in those seasons, 246 shots, 247, 195. In 50 games last year, just 151 shots. Year before in 57, 127 shots. It's not the yips. It's nothing like that. It's not him flustered in David Poyle's system. It's just it's not working. 
And it's a lot to do with, yeah, he's injury prone and he's not the same player. I understand that. But I think he just needs to go get a fresh start. I think this yep. is the kind of thing where a fresh start will do him well. And what you were saying, too, with asset protection, it just piggybacks what I was saying earlier, too, in the terms of how much easier is it to sell to a general manager? Hey, do you want Matt Duchesne and draft picks? Or is it, hey, do you want Matt Duchesne and take a chance on Victor Arvidsson? Right. Like, no, it's just, it's so right, yeah. much easier. It's, hey, take on $8 million. Give us, like, three or four back. That's okay. But <laughs> instead, also go take these draft picks so you're not taking on $12 million. Right. Right. And a lot of you ask questions on Twitter. We'll get to those probably in our next episode because we still have the offseason to go through. This is our instant reaction episode. But one that I do want to address was from Jonathan. And is did the Preds get more value now than they would have if they traded Arby at the deadline? I don't think Arvidsson's value is going to change that much between deadline and right now. Maybe you get a a lower end prospect tossed in too. Yeah. Potentially Uh. because of the want. And this is where that Felino thing comes in too. Mm -hmm. But the Felino aspect of it was the Leafs were in absolutely win now mode. The price was set high on so many different players. They wanted that leadership quality as well that he provided. And for some reason, when it comes to the NHL or on the, the trade deadline, bottom six players are overvalued all the time because of leadership and grit. It's just something that happens. They want yeah. that locker room presence. I mean, he's also a captain, right? Like, that gets a thrown captain, in there, yeah. too. Like, yeah, so that that's one of the reasons why. And, and here's the reason why Felina went for a first. Someone is willing to pay it. 100%. I, I do think, <laughs> I to answer the question, I think... You could have got more for Arvidsson at the trade deadline, but there was a snowball chance in hell David Poyle was going to trade at the trade deadline any of his assets. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Right, so like, it's all hindsight right now, yeah. but I, I still don't think it would have been that much more. Maybe maybe you get a team that would have been a pair of seconds. A pair of seconds, but I still don't because I think teams then, there's something else they're looking for, especially for a deep run. Arvidsson, I don't think, would be the type of player you're looking for for a deep run. But he's not the guy. Like, you're not necessarily picking him up for the year and saying, F it, like the Leafs did with Felino. Well, yeah. You have him at three years at 4.7, I think it is. Yeah, that's true. 4.25. Yeah, you have him at your – it's a team-friendly contract. It is. Like, it's not not a rental. Yeah, it's not a rental. I definitely think you could have got a pair of seconds at the deadline. With a still not much. Yeah, so still not not that much difference. He wouldn't have fetched a first, I think, is the long-winded – Roundabout yeah, that we're I, yeah, to I don't, get I don't to. think so either. So now let's let's look at again what this does for the Predators. Currently, according to Cap Friendly, Predators have yeah, I'm open up opening up the Cap Friendly. Oh, there we go. I've got it open. About twenty three million dollars, so twenty two point eight five million dollars in cap space. That's the projected right now. Again, we've said this multiple times before, but the free agents obviously priority is Yusuf Saros. You still have Pecorine make a decision, and David Poyle said on 1025 The Game that they're going to talk again after July 4 and see where they stand on that. You also have Dante Fabro, Ben Harper, Eric Gabranson, no. Uh, Matthew Olivier, sure, qualify him. Ellie Tolvanen, bridge him, potentially. And then you have Eric Halla, Mikhail Granlin, Brad Richardson, no. Uh, <laughs> so there, there's still work to be done, plus a bunch of guys that are in the minors. You have Rem Pitlick. That definitely needs to be there. Tanner Janot in RFA. Then you also have a couple other ones like Anthony Richard, Michael McCarron, Sean Malone. A bunch of these guys saw their, their debuts too. Josh Wilkins, Lucas Craggs, and Cole Smith. A bunch of those guys did see their NHL debut in the season as well. And, I mean, you need to be able to fill Milwaukee up. 
yeah. with some players too because there's still not as many coming up from college and junior to pop in Milwaukee. So a lot of those guys are going to be qualified already. But that extra four point two five million in cap space does a lot when you think of what it's going to take to sign Yusuf Saros. Yeah, uh, you, that's exactly what it. I think the two biggest positives internally for the Predators is one, you can sign Yusuf Saros, and two, you can have a bit more wiggle room at the yep. uh, expansion draft now. I mean. In a perfect world, you don't protect Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson. Like, let's right. just get that out of the way now. But I do think David Poyle will protect them both. I think you agree with me there. I was, and now I've kind of leaned differently. Do you think he's... <laughs> I think it's one of those things you'll have a discussion with them and their agents saying, look, we've talked That's to the Kraken. I like they're that. Not, they're, they're probably not going to take you. For the sake of our team, we need to protect these guys and expose you. Like, have that conversation. Because I really don't think Seattle's going to take them because that is – if they were going to take one, they would take Johansson over Duchesne because of production. And age. And age. So I, I think that this is where I would lean more towards why they get exposed is because there'd be a conversation that is had and say, look, we've talked with Seattle. They don't intend to take you anyways. Here's who they're probably going to end up taking, but we need to protect our own for the sake of this franchise. That's what I think will happen. I, I like that. Yeah. that like That's the optimal thing. And if you have that conversation and Seattle goes, well, we took you. If you're David Poyle, just go, oh, okay. Oh, man, I can't Darn. believe you surprised me. So, wow. <laughs> let's say they don't protect <laughs> Johansson and Duchesne. Then it's Forsberg, Cunnan, Sissons, and Yarncroak, right? That makes sense, yeah. And then on your D, it's Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm, and Fabro. Yep. And then that's and then, your... And Saros, obviously. Like, don't even right. need to say that. But, yeah. But if they don't protect Johansson... Or if they do protect Johansson and Duchesne, then it's Sissons and Yarncroke that are exposed, right? Like, those are the two likeliest... I don't think yeah, Luke, I mean, there's no chance Luke Cunningham gets exposed now, right? They're not going to expose him they right can't. when they traded for him like yeah. that. I mean, that, no. hey, do you want a 23 year old making 20 or 2.3 mil? Have him. Like, that's just. Yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah. And, and that's where you. I would be, I guess, more okay with them losing Sissons than Yarncroak. I'm like, I'm honest at. to God, it's they're interchangeable to me in terms not, of how much I'll care. Like, I, I like Yarn Croak slightly more. Like, if I were to rate them out of 10, and 10 would be like, oh, don't take them from me. Yarn Croak's like a 7, and Sisson's like a 4? Well, okay, that's still that's three points difference. Yeah. Because Yarn Croak is more of a player that can play in any almost any position in the forwards. Yeah. And he can be responsible enough. Whereas Sisson's, yeah, he he was first-line center in the Stanley Cup final. But that's not ideal for him. I mean, Philip Deneau is now the first-line center right. in the Stanley Cup final. But so. Kelly Yarncroak is much more versatile. And I think more important overall, granted, they're both team-friendly deals, and that definitely helps the Predators that's in the long run. That's kind of what I was, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's it. one here or the other. We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll find out what the protection list is a few days before. The actual expansion draft, and then everybody will freak out again. We'll do a reaction episode because that's just going to be the chain of events that's going to happen that week. It's going to be fun. But this this <laughs> this provides a lot of wiggle room, and I just want to commend people for understanding why this happened, and commend the Predators if anything too, because I mean I've been pretty judgmental about non moves, and they actually changed up the core a little bit. Should they be done? No, there's still more they need to do. I still think a move on defense could be made. Uh, as well to free up some space but the big thing if if they can somehow find a way 
to get rid of one of those $8 million contracts, then I will give them an A in the offseason. <laughs> I thought you were going to say nope. what I would give for getting to go no. to a sports game. <laughs> no, I'm not going to troll you that hard. Um, now, now you just gave me ideas, though, for later in the podcast. Why? I was but, talking about losing a testicle to go to a sports game. Why is that giving you ideas? Mm, Don't mean that. Oysters. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but for for real though, this was a good move, and this is not a rebuilding move. This is not if they're gonna have to get rid of one of Johansson, Duchesne, Ekholm, Ellis, Forsberg for it to be considered a rebuild. This is still a retool I, now. I think it's if you get if you get rid of Forsberg, it's more than a rebuild. That's oh. waving the white flag and then oh, burying okay. your own yeah, grave yeah. with of your course, white flag. Of course, that's not going to happen. That's no. not going to happen. So the way that I see it, though, if they, since they did this with Arvidsson, if they get rid of one of the $8 million contracts, I will, no matter what they do with the draft or free agency, I'll give them an A for the offseason because they freed up a ah, ton of money. Mm-hmm. No, because they freed up a shit you know, ton of money. You just said at, the, at free agency. Just... You, it, what if they cleared up all this space and then went two year deal, two year deal, two year deal, four million for you, six million for you, four million for you? Like they're not gonna do that. But you can't say that you give them an A if Poyle goes and fucks the dog. Like you <laughs> can't. One. Oh yeah, we get, we get one, one a month. What is it? All July. Right. I got it on July first. Right. So for the second, oops. But that's just how I feel. <laughs> like he can't go out and just be like, "Well, I okay. cleared up all this space." I'll revise it. I'll revise it. I'll give them no lower than a B minus. That's a lot more fair. Okay. That I like that one. They get they get a full on passing grade. If he just does average things from now oh, on out. Just like all we wanted them to do in the park is be average. Average. Like, you go out and you clear out one $8 million man. Here's our here's my checklist. One $8 million man out the window. Check. UC Soros signed. Check. Check. Um, <laughs> who, what else do we need on this checklist? We need... I'm trying to think of anything else. Tolvanen, bridge deal. Check. That, that's the core three. That's what I really give a damn about. After that, trade Ryan Ellis or Matias Ekholm. One of them. Check. At this point, I'd rather trade Ryan Ellis. Oh, me too. In terms of his value and his intensity, and he actually does make the team more difficult to play against. And the thing is, Ellis still has value. If if Victor Arvidsson was seen with value and his injury proneness. Yeah, but at the same time, Ellis' contract's different. RV's younger and Ellis makes more. Right. For a longer time. But top pairing defenseman that can score. Yeah, but are you willing to take a risk for that long with that much money when he could fizzle out and turn into a bottom have you, four? Have, have you seen what some GMs do in this league? Oh, they're all dumb. Like a lot, everyone makes. So dumb moves. I mean, I mean, so, the league in general by hiring that influencer is dumb. That was awful. So general that managers. Was so bad. <laughs> it's so cringe. It's so it's awful. It's Ugh. completely awful. Stupid. Ridiculous. I, I mean, that. come on. Anyways, but you're not a teenager. Sorry. You're right. You need to be l- more cringy. Um, and Ugh. you know, like, never Edgy mind having and... problem problematic TikToks, and they hire him as a consultant. Anyways, must be nice. They all dumb. Yeah. Someone would do it. Yeah, but I mean, like, when you do trade a Ryan Ellis, it's not going to be a Victor Arvidsson type deal where you retain. No salary coming the other way. Oh yeah, you in a Ryan like, Ellis trade, you're getting a contract back. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I I hope David Poyle isn't dumb enough to be like, we will give you $6.25 million worth of Ryan Ellis. You are allowed to give us $6.25 million worth of contracts. That's like, oh, yeah. that's I, what you want to I don't avoid. See that. I was want... just saying more of who I would be okay with more so. I would prefer them to keep Matias Ekholm right now. Me too. I, I think Matias Ekholm brings more value, like you said. Yeah. It's weird, too, because he's older. He is, but I mean... He plays younger, if that makes any sense. Well, also, he's responsible. He does have that grit and tenacity, which I still hate using that word, but it's true because he does play with an edge and the right edge, and he will stand up for his teammates he goes nuts every once in a while. I think he's kept it in check more, but he will let people know when he is displeased with what they're doing as Matt fixes his pop collection. I just banged my knee off my dust, too. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the way I see it. So it, it gives them some wiggle room, and that's why I like the trade, because it gives them space to do things they need to do, because this team was running right up against the cap and not a, playing like a team that is running up against the cap. They have to make some wiggle room for prospects to come and play too. This gives this opens up a roster spot for a young one like a Philip Tomasino to come in and make a difference for Ellie Tolvanen to be full-time on the roster as well. It gives opportunities but to more guys. Do you remember last year when there were a few roster oh, spots I available? I know, and I know. In from the top ropes comes Eric <laughs> Like <laughs> we, we just have to temper it. That's why right now, like I, I said to Chris, it's just can't really predict what the Kings are going to do. You can't really predict what the Preds are going to do or any team in the offseason that has a lot of holes to either fill or address. They obviously opened the space for Alex Ovechkin. That's what they did. Shut up now. <laughs> also, uh, if you listen to this podcast and you had a child in the car when I said the F-bomb, because I know some people will listen with children, that's a word of the day you got to explain. Unless mommy or daddy have already said that word around, then I don't feel as bad. Oh, no, I have a word of the day for them. What is it? Queef. Why is that on your mind? <laughs> Where did that come from? That's the dictionary? No, I, I know what a queef is, but I mean, like, why is that your go-to word right oh, now? Oh, you know what it is. Well, children, ask your mommy or daddy to explain to you. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> Do not ask what that Where did that come from? Were you watching, like, weird videos or something? Weird videos? No, it's called The Hub. But no, I wasn't. You leave The Hub out of this. Hey, Hub, want to sponsor us? I'll, I'll leave The Hub in my incognito browser. Oh, we'd have to rebrand if we got The Hub. Quadruple P. Preds. Pucks. Pinoy's. Porn. <laughs> It'd be QP. The QP podcast. Wow, we'd have to change our rating to mature in a heartbeat. I was going to say more in a dick beat, but okay. What? What? You need to go address something after this. Sorry, wait, no. More in a predict beat there. Is that better? I don't know if it's any better, but it's it's certainly something. Well, anyways, Matt, we have a winner to announce. If you stuck with us this long, we do. Um, <laughs> like I put in the thing, I'm just going to roll them here. If you are a bot, I'm re-rolling. We're going to fact there check. There were a lot of bots. Yeah. We're going to fact check live on air, so I'm going to draw the winner now. Uh, one winner... <laughs> This is for the $100 giveaway, by the way. I would so thank you all for participating. Yeah, so 227 people are okay. entered right now. Here so we go. Quote-unquote people. Yeah, bots. Thanks for following. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just do a little fact check here. It's uh, these accounts that you click on it, and it says, loves giveaways. Okay. That's literally this one littered in giveaway accounts. Where is reroll? Yeah. 
We're gonna have to re-roll like five or six times. That's okay. Uh, repick <laughs> win. Yeah. Just don't be a clown. Oh, honey, that's what the internet. Oh my for. god. <laughs> well, we also had someone ask that we need to talk about Loki. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. See, we we we, we can do. We can absolutely. Do I that. watched. I, I watched the last one. You're you're caught up then. I am caught up. Yes. Okay, we will touch on Loki here. So if you haven't watched the latest episode of Loki, like, you're gonna if your top tweets are when I go and check out your thing, come check out this giveaway. This is part one of three of our part series. Stick around for parts two, three, and more for updates and a giveaway. Like, I'm not gonna pick you. Stop being a giveaway bot. <laughs> but you know what the funny thing is? Some of these giveaway bots have found the secret code. Mm-hmm. How? Because they do multiple entries too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, some of them really are people, and that's just what they do. They just I don't listen. think they're all bots. They just click, 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 onto the next, click, 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 onto the next. They'll probably take a couple hours out of each day to try to win. And you know what? I bet it works. 100%. I bet, I bet you all these people, like... They, they win free shit all the time. It's not okay. Anyways, Loki. Oh, you're still, still waiting to pick, huh? I got it. I got the winner. Okay. This is a real person. Okay. Who is it? Dave Draggy has won. Oh, wow. <laughs> he won with the secret code. Wow. Okay. Which is triple. What other actions did Dave do? Dave, congratulations, buddy. Congratulations, Dave. Uh, can I see the other ways that he did it? Yeah, I can. Dave, Dave your assignment now is to uh, spell my word of the day on Twitter and tweeted at Matt. You can if you can spell Dave's last name, I will be incredibly impressed. I'm going to say it once. Dragomouts. Dave, if I mess that up, I'm partially sorry. D R A G O M A U T Z. Wow, impressive. But up here and we I did call not look it, it up. up. Up here we call it a Z, but yeah, impressive. I did not look it up, I promise. Dave, I was going, but you you pronouncing it that way helped me. Yeah, I probably just super did that wrong. He entered the secret code, subscribed on Breaker, subscribed on Anchor, followed me on Twitch, visited our YouTube page, our Facebook page, subscribed on Spotify, subscribed on Google Podcast. Good Lord. Uh, followed all the Twitters. Did it all. Dave's, uh, all right. well, Dave's also been around since like day one of this podcast. Yeah. And by day one of this podcast, I mean day one of Locked On Predators. And Dave's now. an OG, so I'm quite happy that yeah. I, this is. I think for all the giveaways, this is the first time one of my buddies has won, or like someone from Canada. Yeah. So there we go. This is easy. Dave, I'll so, uh, message you. So wait, so wait. Does Dave get the hundred dollars Canadian or hundred dollars American? No, it's it's American. Canadian. It's American. I promised Dave, him. Dave, you making bank, buddy? I promised him American bucks, <laughs> so you get American bucks. It'd be kind of scummy if I was like, ha, have seventy six bucks. Yep. But yeah, no. Easy peasy. All right. So, folks, we appreciate you tuning in. Up next, we're going to talk Loki. Yeah, I like so how we did not talk Loki seen, now. You know, this episode, if you've not seen the latest episode of Loki, which is episode four, you probably want to turn it off right now. Uh, because we're going to talk about plenty of spoilers about Loki. Uh, so, Matt, before I go full nerd... <laughs> on this 
your thoughts on episode four and Loki up to date and what your thoughts on this whole series are so far. And only two episodes left now. It's only a six episode miniseries, folks. So it's coming right down to it. Oh, I didn't know that. That makes me kind of sad. Um, I thought it was longer. Damn. Uh, Loki, for me, there's only been one episode where I was like, meh. And that was the one without Owen Wilson, to be truthful. <laughs> and it's not because Owen Wilson wasn't in it, but it's because I just enjoy the segments about the TVA itself and like being at the TVA. I find that so interesting and it's just totally different than what we're used to. Like we're used to seeing superhuman or superheroes go and fight and kick ass and all those things. And that's kind of what that episode was. Um, but it's so cool seeing like what the TVA is and understanding it more has led to the realization in the last episode of, it's all pretend like it's not a real thing and to me i was like it could have been built up a little bit more it was still good don't get me wrong like it was great but i think it could have been built up a tiny tiny bit more also i'm not gonna lie when loki got zip zapped at the end of this this episode i was sad i was like he was about to be happy and then he went kaboosh he's about Uh, to realize his worth Yes, and that he could be he could be liked and not alone. Like he was told, he will be alone forever. forever. Like what Sif and oh my gosh, we got to see Sif again finally. That was pretty cool. Finally, Jamie Alexander made her appearance because she was not able to be in Ragnarok. Uh, so Jamie Alexander back making an appearance as great as Lady Sif. So multiple things. Let's just start start right off. Ravana Renslayer. We we all got those bad vibes and the very beginning right and for those of you that don't know Ravana Renslayer is in the comics typically the lover of Kang the Conqueror and that's why there's so many of these YouTube videos and TikToks and everything talking about how is Loki introducing Kang the Conqueror because we are supposed to get Kang the Conqueror I believe in it's uh and oh is it no, it's, I think Ant-Man, the upcoming Ant-Man and the uh, Wasp. And so there's, there's supposed to be Kang the Conqueror coming up soon. It's either that or Multiverse of Madness, but I believe it is uh, in the Ant-Man and the Wasp. So we're supposed to be getting Kang the Conqueror sometime soon, where he is basically based on conquering all timelines. That's cool. He's a time traveler. And so now this connection with Ravana, and then what we see happen where Sylvie beheads the robot timekeeper that was so badass i loved it and we saw that they're animatronics i mean they obviously made them look like animatronics for yes. that reason right like spooky chuck e cheese animatronics yeah yes. spooky chuck e cheese it was really curious to see that as well and then she went full villain mode when sylvie was asking she's i don't remember mm-hmm. or i don't know in full villain mode with that as well that and we, we saw that all the all pretty much every one of the tva are variants themselves yeah. So therefore, they've just been collecting variants and erasing timelines of those variants because someone in charge does not want there to be multiple variants. And then at the very end, the end credit scene, if you did not watch through the credits. I only credits, watched it because you tweeted about it and put it on Facebook as well. So thank yep. you for the PSAs. Otherwise, multiple people have. said that you got to watch the credits through at least till it gets to the black screen credits, folks, just in case. You never know what's going to happen, especially with Marvel. Um, and even I think Star Wars has done in a couple. There's been certain Star Wars series, whatever. Yeah. Make sure you watch it. But when people get pruned, they're not killed. They're sent to another destination. Definitely thought they died. Yeah. And when Loki comes back, 
he sees other variant Lokis, including one that looks more like Thor, but it is a African-American man. That's Loki, a child Loki holding alligator Loki. And then Richard E. Grant <laughs> as was... old man comic book accurate Loki. It was the weird, the alligator thing. I was like, what? I literally had to pause it and look at it and be like, what is going on and process it. And it was one of those, oh my God, because it means then that the, all those variants are in this this location, which looks like either a post-apocalyptic New York, because in the background, if you pause it, you see what looks like a, a torn up Avengers Tower. Mm -hmm. Or this could be where the quote unquote TVA has put things from different universes into this one destination. So maybe it is a torn up Avengers Tower mixed with other things. So it could be uh, post-apocalyptic Earth, obviously not Earth 616, which is the current, the timeline that we're used to dealing with in the MCU is Earth 616. And I'm very curious how they're going to do that. That also means Owen Wilson should not be dead and that there's still potential that we could see him riding a jet ski. He's so good in this. He is. He's really good in this. And I'm curious to see what how what type of role Miss Minutes plays in this. I know it's been very minor, but I think there's more to that Android technology that Miss Minutes is than just the trainer and talk about the TVA. It's obvious the timekeepers don't exist anymore as is because they Wizard of Oz us in that. And there's somebody else pulling the strings behind this that wants to be in charge. It's all about power. That's what it comes down to is power uh, and all this. But the big thing with character development and Loki was, I know I'm not the only one to sense this because most people talked about it, there is a tension between Loki and Sylvie. Oh, but yeah. And it's it's an interesting tension because <laughs> they're supposed to be the same, right? Oh, they're yeah, supposed to be the same person. Weird. But how how right is it though that if you are that type of person that Loki is, that you the of course the person you would fall in love with would be yourself. Yeah. That I mean it makes sense, but the realization, the character development of Loki because we all have to remember that this version of Loki is from 2012. This is Avengers Loki who did not experience Ragnarok and what went through there and having and actually saving his people did not witness what happened in Infinity War when trying to kill Thanos and stand up for he just got his to brother. See it. He he, right, he just got to see it. Yeah, but he never felt it. There was never that realization of his worth and value because like it's been said multiple times is his purpose was to be chaos. And to fail so others could see the best of themselves, mm -hmm. like the Avengers, like his brother Thor, like all these different things. But he never realized his worth and value. And in this this most recent episode, that's what he was eventually coming to do, was realize he had value and purpose beyond just being chaos, that he could be a person. Just like what Owen said, you can be whatever you want to be, Loki. You could be good. Mm -hmm. And just like how he's talking with Sylvie and coming to that realization, it doesn't have to be alone. Like it was talked about, like, that's deep. It gets deep in terms of character development because we all think about these Marvel shows. Of, yeah, if you want to look at it at the top level surface, 100% okay with me. I love looking at the storyline angles of this and where they're taking it from the comic book inspiration for it. But also the brilliant job these actors are doing to bring their characters to life and going through the realization. Because that's got to be interesting. Tom Hiddleston played a different, he's had to play a different version of Loki. Like he played Loki up to the point where neck was cracked in infinity war and has to revert back to being mischievous devious loki trying to take over the world and then come to a realization again like he has to go through that whole process again as an actor which i think is brilliant and how he has to do that like you said owen wilson's been fantastic but i love seeing that realization in the character development that it has done for loki as a character because he's 
been one of my favorites because of him being an anti-hero of sorts is what he's turned into instead of a villain and all that to me is, is deeper meaning and i love how they're doing this and pe people's worth and value just like we see mental awareness we see um, more awareness representation and everything too and captain captain america and the winter soldier <laughs> and falcon and the winter soldier and just like we're seeing personal growth and value of worth in loki right now which one out of all of them do you think you personally connect with the most I can better answer that question when the series is done. I think I can personally, personally connect more with Falcon and the Winter Soldier because of some of the values in there as someone that is, you know, just like both of us, right? How we're both minorities. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I can connect there a little bit more too. Grant, I am not black, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, I can't relate to the, the everything that, that, african-americans have had to go through and that black people have had to go through in north america not just the u.s but in north america in general um and i've been very privileged one my last name probably helps a little <laughs> bit that is a typical it's not a filipino last name because my dad's the white dude yeah uh, um so it, 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 I, it didn't deal with much prejudice growing up it's more been like comical prejudice more than anything else with friends and everything. Oh, yeah. So I haven't deal with that, but I feel like I connected that more and seeing how important it is to see the realization of people saying, Hey, he looks just like me and how important that is. I mean, how we've talked about to bring it back to hockey, seeing other Filipino hockey players, seeing like Jason Robertson do things. Uh, it's, it's a really big deal because it's cool to see and not that I want to be an NHL player, but it's cool for young people growing up. And so a little kid that maybe, they're a second generation American, a Filipino descent living in California or the Pacific coast or something like that. And seeing a Filipino out there playing hockey, like, well, well I can do that too. I mean, it's the same, same thing, thing with yeah. like me and Paul Korea, right? I looked at Paul Korea yeah. and I was like, you don't look like a bunch of the other dudes. I don't yeah. look like a bunch of the other dudes. I like yeah. you. You can play sports. I like sports. You're cool. Yeah. Um, same thing with the girls in hockey as well and growing that as well and making sure there, there's a pathway. So I feel like I connect with that more. And But the thing is, I see the total value. I've seen WandaVision, mental health, and how important that is. And obviously with Loki too, it gets the emotional heartstring moments of realizing someone's worth and value. Yeah. And how it even talked emotionally too about Loki's mom and how she's the only one that really saw him and gave the time and attention to him to see his value and worth too, and was willing to do that. The fact that we can ask these questions, like with the Marvel movies, don't get me wrong, they're all great. And if anyone can analyze them, it's you. But I feel like with these mini series, we're more able to be like, what can you connect with instead of yes. which movie did you think kicked the most ass? It's like, yeah, 100%. it's easy to come up with a top three, a series you enjoyed, but the series that you perhaps connected with the most won't be the same as the series that you enjoyed the most. Like there's For sure. Like I do think that at the end of the day, Falcon Winter Soldier is the one that I personally can connect with the most. But honestly, out of the three so far, it's my least favorite. Like it's Yeah, oh yeah. It's I like Loki right now is my favorite. I, I think this is just Yeah, so I'm well liking done. the exploration. It's of, so of sarcastic, Loki. it's witty, it's smart at the same time. It has its ass kicking moments. Like I love it. But I just feel like, like you said with Falcon Winter Soldier, it's like a, hey, cool, neat. But with Loki, yeah. it's like, yeah, I can relate to that. And with WandaVision, it, it's like, yeah, I can relate to that. But it's just like, that's not the biggest part of me that relates to it. Right. And what's been neat, too, with what Disney Plus has been able to do with the Star Wars universe, with Mandalorian, what they're going to continue to explore, and now with Marvel, miniseries, 
gives more time to explore stories and character development and plot. A movie, Marvel movies especially, you're going to be like two hours, 20 minutes, two hours, 30 minutes. There's only so much you can do there. You think about putting all these episodes together in these series, how long of a movie it would make. Falcon and Winter Soldier, like a five-hour long movie. Yeah. (laughs) Loki, each episode's been around 45 minutes or so, 45 to 50 minutes, and there's six episodes. That's a really long movie. But it's great because you're able to take more time and develop it and develop a plot for these for these TV series and really put in the worth of, of character development that you don't always get in a, a movie. And I'm, I love it, too, if they do, which they pretty much all should be, one season. It's You're not having to drag things on. Like sitcoms and dramas on TV really frustrate me because they don't know when to stop. That's fair. Okay, I didn't know where you're going with that. No, they don't I know do. when to stop because they're I milking agree. the money, and I get it. They're milking the money, but for instance, like Manifest is one I know has frustrated a lot of people because it's about is that the disappearing this, on the plane one? The dis the plane disappeared, and then it came back five years later. People have moved on, but then all of a sudden it lands, and they don't know what the reason why is. I didn't even watch season three because I heard it got canceled, and no one's picked it up, and they're mm-hmm. not going. It's not going to get picked up. So, and it leaves with a big, big cliffhanger. Why would I want to do that to myself? If I, I think what would be so successful, and I understand why, because it's just not how the business works. If a drama series came in and went a pilot, like, look, here's our plan for four seasons. Stick to it and this go. Is what, this, is what, this is what our plan's going to be. We want to have wrap up the story instead of just continually going on for the sake of making more money. I would love that as a fan of TV and a fan of movies and a fan of entertainment like that. And a sitcom as well. We all know those sitcoms that in their last two seasons, you can tell they're just doing it for the money because the storylines get really whack, really whack. And they're like, oh, we need to figure out how to wrap this sucker up. I think the perfect example of that, and I just had to Google it real quick, was Breaking Bad. Okay. Five seasons. That's it. 62 episodes. I just looked it up. They didn't extend it, but that's a show you could have milked. Like, you could have stretched that. Oh, for sure. MRF for a long time. <laughs> Walt gets a new drug cartel boss. Gets Jesse goes off and does this on his own and then comes back to Walt. Like, they could have explored the hell out of that. I think what made Breaking Bad so good was that they didn't stretch it out. Yeah, they did the movie, but that was years later, so they kind of get a pass for that. Right. But the series <laughs> itself, that's the perfect example, I think, of just... It went on for a certain amount of years, and it was done. Whereas, like, a show like Community, after Donald Glover, if you haven't watched it, spoiler, and I don't feel bad because it's been out forever, after Donald Glover leaves, you're like, well, the show should have probably just ended. And then they went for a few more seasons, and I mean, they brought in some fun names to kind of round it out. They went over to Yahoo Streaming, which was abysmal, and it's like, should have just ended (laughs) after, like, season four or five, whenever it was that Donald Glover left. And that's why I like these Marvel ones, because they're exploring in between and connecting it. Just like Star Wars, I know the Mandalorian is going to keep going, but there's still more to explore in the universe. It's a vast universe Mm -hmm. in terms of what they can explore there, too. And same thing with Marvel. You're connecting these stories and telling deep character stories as well. So it's actually, I think, going to be a weird feeling for me next week to go and watch Black Widow. Because it's going to be the first Marvel movie in a long time. Oh, my God. (laughs) To to go and watch when you it's two years. Are you? Oh, it's going to be in theaters, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, a few. Oh, sorry, I did not mean to rub that in. That was not. That I was not intentional. Did that time. not even realize it was going to be in theaters. It'll also be on Disney Plus, but you have to pay for it. Y- yeah. Get some people to pay up with you and share the account. It. Well, me, like I share Disney Plus with three other buddies, so 
we'll I'll split it. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar. Um, uh, but but that that's going to be weird because granted we know Buck Widow's story, we know the end game <laughs> that she dies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> We already gave the spore the warning. Well, so I mean, not at the date. It was the same thing with Loki, right? We already knew that he's dead, so it's just like right. But they went to a different universe. I mean, right. Black Widow could exist in a different universe, but Scarlett Johansson already said she's done. But then again, <laughs> we're going to see a, a more backstory in terms of how her familial life panned out with her non-family. We know that much, but it's going to be weird seeing a movie that's going to wrap up the story in two and a half hours, whereas series keep going and you have cliffhangers. And this is another thing why I know I mentioned it when we were back on Locked On. I love how it's once a week and not binging it because it gives us an opportunity to talk about yes. it to digest it to watch it multiple times instead of just watch it all the way through and like that was cool on to the next and it's also really nice because then i don't stay up until four in the morning well yeah but i but i really like this because all my like my favorite youtubers my favorite tiktokers on marvel and everything too we get a chance to discuss things as a community that's yes. what's fun think of it in a sports sense Okay, for football, for some reason, that's the first one that comes to mind because it's once a week. Whether it's college or pro, you have one game a week. And what do you spend doing that week? You talk about that game and then the next game. And that's what's fun. That's our livelihood in sports. Yeah, being able prep, to talk prep, about the prep, game prep, that happened and then, and then what's going to happen in the next one. Yeah, it's prep, prep, <laughs> prep. Game happens. Digest, digest, digest. Prep, 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 prep. Like, like that's that's entertainment. I feel like means I love that, and I love I, I I love how this does it for us because as a community of nerds, we're able to talk about this on a podcast, and then the next one's like, oh my gosh, we were so right, or oh my god, we were really wrong mm-hmm. on that too. Same thing with sports; they're entertainment, and you have to be able to have time to digest the entertainment to really enjoy and appreciate it and dive in and let your brain just think about these things more and more. I really liken it to sports and how we talk about it with that. That's why, of course, there be times that I'll binge, and when Stranger Things comes out, I watch a couple episodes in a row. Yes, of course I'm going to because it's there and I want it, and because I know people are going to spoil the shit out of that immediately so it's like you have to sometimes before it gets spoiled on your timeline from someone like people like us where we have to be on social media as our jobs that's going to get spoiled for us so you like you have to do that in order to protect yourself that's why i like these one episodes a week because it gives us time i love being put on an edge and the cliffhanger happening there because you think about it and you get so excited for it it keeps that hype going i love the hype and ability to be able to develop that as well I, I completely agree. Um, I enjoy talking Marvel with you because, like, Thank you. I feel like I scrape it and I'm like, I enjoyed it because of this and I liked it this. And then you just you hit me with like, well, here are the values and like here are the underlying storylines. And then I think about it because now I have a week and I could probably just go rewatch it and have all those things in my mind and be like, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> like it all makes sense. Uh, before we head out of here, yeah. I do want to touch on one more thing. This is our longest episode yet, by the way. We're at just about fifty minutes. Um, what did you think about Philip Forsberg's uh, Instagram story today with the oh, thumbs I down? I, I just I well, like what funny. do you want him to do? Put a thumbs up? Like right. people are with like Johansson's though. Johansson's post. Oh, is oh I I that saw Johansson's uh, like collage of fun. But look at the caption. <laughs> look at the caption of Johansson's post. Oh yeah, what like heavy. What do you want these guys to say, though? Like, but they're, they they understand it's a business, and but it is one of those things. He's a Warvinson's a well like play in the locker room. They're all yeah, buds. I mean, they not, all had children together. Not not Johansson or Forsberg, but a lot of these guys had children. You know, at the same time that all interacted. Like, obviously, it's crappy. You're losing a top line guy, a guy that's been with you through like some kick ass times. 
Like, it's yeah. going to suck, obviously. I don't think by... Oh, God, I almost spilled my water everywhere. I don't think by any means... That was a nightmare. My heart is racing now. Um, I don't think by any means are these guys, like, pissed at the front office. No, no. That's not, they're just expressing themselves. And we want people to express like, themselves. If someone, came up to, about. if someone came up to me today and was like, by the way, you can't do your podcast with Justin anymore, I'd probably I'd make a post about it. I'd be like, this sucks. Big thumbs down. The end. Like, yeah. I'm, if I was just no, like, it would be Woo-hoo. the end. I would fight for you, bitch. <laughs> Thank you. I would just be like, that's you're allowed to express yourself. Well, and we want that, right? We yeah. want players to, be, to have more personality and everything. It, I understand the front office probably didn't like it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But, but I also like if Rocco Grimaldi did this, and let's say Dante Fabro went out and made Ryan Johansson's story, does it get any attention? No. But because it's Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg, the two right. guys on the team that are just like, you're expected to be leaders and score, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to make a fuss. Yeah. Does Roman Yossi probably feel the same way? Yeah. He's the captain, though. I'm not going to say sh- Nate Schmidt. You're just going like, to say Nate Schmidt. I have to, because I already dropped the F-bomb. Oh, uh, okay. I blew well, a folks- load for that. Oh, what a way, way to way, what a way to end it. Go get a towel. That's a wicky, wicky, wild, wild west. Jim West, Desperado. I gotta go listen to that now. Mr. Best is rapping Big Willie. I love Big Willie. He does that. Big Willie. That's a Big Willie style all in it. Getting jiggy with it. Na, 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 na. Folks, we appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll. Be sure to have more giveaways. We'll have another new episode for you early next week. And as always, if there's breaking news, like we promised, we will continue to put a pod out for you to give our opinions on it. Make sure you're subscribed. If you enter the contest, you are subscribed. But Apple, Spotify, leave Google, a review. Anchor, leave a review. We're, we're going to do a contest for that, I'm sure. Yeah, too. and if you leave a review now, uh, when we do the contest for that, I'm going to enter- count your entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so leave, leave a review us a for review. us. We appreciate that. And as always, he's at Best of Matt on Twitter. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. It's Triple P Podcast underscore. We always welcome your thoughts. If you asked a question, we're going to be sure to get those in. We have the entire offseason to get these in. I know some of them are very time sensitive, but we'll get those in next week for the next episode. We want to make sure we're interacting as much with you. So feel free to tweet us with whatever concerns you have or oh, we topics have you want reviews. to discuss. We, we appreciate it. We have All four right. reviews already. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm going to read these off air. Nice. Well, that's that's great. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.